Welcome to another future classic episode of Retrovaniacs, the only podcast called Retrovaniacs you're going to listen to today. As always, I'm your host, Jeremy Parmentier, here with Jeremy Gregory. I'm also future classic. And Billy Holiday. Hello. And much like every week, before we talk about our game of the week, I'm going to ask, Jeremy, what have you been playing since last episode? Well, mostly a bunch of free stuff, it seems like. Um, been playing a lot of, a lot of betas and, and technical uh whatever the hell they are with with like Titanfall 2 and and uh Battlefield 1 uh those those betas kind of went up and I played both of those and really thought I was going to love Titanfall 2 and just kind of be nah, on Battlefield 1 because it's just kind of how I've been with Battlefields for a while now ended up being the complete opposite actually I I ended up loving Battlefield 1 and Titanfall 2 actually let me down a good bit. I am not really as excited for that game as I used to be. Um, the, me and Billy played the original Titanfall a, a good deal. And it, it's really fun. It's still really fun just to get in there and play. Um, but this new Titanfall is... Um, they've, they've changed it a bit. It, it really feels more like, like Call of Duty now than, than just the, the insanity that was you know the original Titanfall. Um, they, they've really kind of toned down a lot of things and there was a there was a really big backlash for it online uh, during the beta and uh they um respawn the developer they said they are going to change a lot of things for when the uh the game comes out so we'll see if they get around to changing some of that stuff back to making it feel like the old titanfall but as it stands right now battlefield one really blew me away like that is just <laughs> it really feels like classic battlefield you know I, I really got started with battlefield back in uh, 1942 not not the actual year but the, the game i'm not that old <laughs> um but and uh, you know me and my friend Bronny, we played that for probably hundreds of hours back in the day and this one it really kind of brings back some of that you know simplistic charm of the original and and just some of the the insanity that you can have with these kind of old-timey you know weapons and and vehicles and stuff like that it's just it's got a certain charm to it that Battlefield hasn't had in a long time to me. It's it's felt very sterile. Um, this one this one really has a lot of personality to it. It, it owes a lot of that to the World War One setting. Um, it, it it's just also really fun to play. So I think I'm actually going to end up with Battlefield One over um, Titanfall Two, which is kind of blowing my mind. Yeah, and uh, I, I didn't get to play either yet. I saw my son play a little bit of Titanfall Two, and it looks like. Yeah, I hope a lot of things change because essentially the changes made in Titanfall 2 where they removed everything fun from the first one and, and then presented it. Uh, I mean, the big gimmick of getting into your, your, you know, your Titan, the big big mech you have on there, uh, they have made much more difficult. It's like a kill streak thing now instead of, instead of it coming over time no matter how you're playing, uh, which is one of the things I think they plan on changing. But, you know, he, he played it. I watched him play it a while. I just uh, it, it, no appeal at all. Like Jeremy said, it's it's just like another Call of Duty right now. No, it's the one thing that really made the first Titanfall so much fun was everyone was going to get that mech at some point. Yeah. You know, it was on a countdown timer. No matter how bad badly you did, you were always going to get that mech at least two or three times around. And the way they made it this time, being more skill based or whatever, I can see you know why they would do that. But it takes so much fun out of that game. Just, you know, and especially if you're on a bad team and you're just getting wrecked by another team that can call down, you know, they're calling down Titans all the time because they're just wrecking your team. And your team has no way to come back because you're not going to be able to call in anything. It's just not fun. Um, and it just brings brings out the, the absolute worst things uh, that I hate about Call of Duty. And it seems like that's what they focused on with with Titanfall 2. Well, I didn't, uh, you know, I still don't have a, a current system as far as I'm concerned. I have a Wii U, but that's no longer current. Uh, but what I did do, uh, you know, I was out two weekends ago. I went to a NASCAR race that was, a, you know, for Labor Day weekend. So I didn't have a whole lot of time to play. I've had a lot of work going on. So I haven't really focused on anything outside of today's game. Uh, but my, my oldest son is four, almost five, and he's finally getting into playing video games, which is something I didn't necessarily want, but since he is going to play, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to support him because I, you know, I, I enjoy playing some video games and it's something we can do together. So he is now playing 
arguably playing with me Super Mario 3D World, which is one that I had I had bought that for Wii U, and I didn't care for it. I thought I'd rather play the straight up Super Mario Brothers U, the the regular 2D Mario. I'm not a big fan of of this kind of half 2D 3D Mario. Um, but actually playing with him is pretty fun. I have to say he's getting better. It's fun to see him him learn how to actually play this. But the first few levels, and and Billy, I know you you know you say you've played some games with your son. He's a lot older than mine, but I. Mm-hmm. I watching him basically fall into the same pit over and over and over again and not figure out to jump over it for about two hours it about killed me it was incredible but it about killed me (laughs) there's a degree of difficulty to playing video games with a young child especially when it's yours and and you know if you yell at them you know that you're gonna have to deal with them for the rest of the day if it was a stranger if it's a kid you know with arcade you know my all-time pet peeve of the kids that are just holding on to the joysticks playing in the arcade with no quarters in you can (laughs) yell at those kids you can yell at them you can shoo them away you still can't strike them yet maybe one day (laughs) (laughs) but when it's your own yeah there's a fine line you have to walk and yeah my son you know he's older now and he he's adequate at, at games but there was a time you know when he was younger and uh he played a lot of 64 games with me. Uh, and, and once again, Mario, I think, was probably the one I introduced him on, uh, Mario 64. And yeah, uh, just just simple things. And, and you start to wonder where you went wrong as a parent, that, that your child cannot <laughs> figure out this, this simple task or to make this one jump. And they, they're shown the results of not doing it over and over, yet they still commit the same mistake. It's frustrating. Oh, it's, uh, it's just, incredibly uh, frustrating. And, and there's a couple a, levels in there where they, they give you a very short time frame, like a hundred second time frame to get through the level. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, Dad, look at this flower. And blowing into the pad because it makes the flower spin or whatever. And I'm like, we have 30 seconds! 30 seconds! And so he, of course, cries. <laughs> and I feel very bad about it. But other than that, I did. I told you guys a couple weeks ago I did buy Sonic Colors because I had some sort of breakdown where I wanted a Sonic game. <laughs> and I did finish that this morning. I did manage wow. to beat the, the last boss of that. Uh, very, I actually have to say, if you're going to look for a 3D Sonic, Sonic Colors is about as good as it gets, uh, although the last handful of levels are straight-up garbage. But other than that, not a bad game at all. I mean, that's kind of par for the course with just about every Sonic game, really. Yeah, the, 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 you know, they, they'll, there's a lot of... They don't really need the wiggle controls, but to make your, you know, the, the special powers you get from the wisps come out, which is the gimmick for Sonic Colors, these different colored, like, uh, magical wisps you find that turn you into a drill or a laser beam or all these other things. You know, you have to shake the remote a bunch to make it happen, to, to take advantage of that wee wiggle. But, uh, but other than that, it doesn't use too much motion control. It's not super annoying. But then when you finally get to the last couple levels is where there's some camera angle issues. There's a lot of things going on that I don't know how you'd possibly avoid without doing the level over and over again. And that's the first time in the whole game where that happens. So it does still have some annoying 3D Sonic-ness, but, you know, for a 3D Sonic, very solid, and I highly recommend it. I still want to want to finish that one up. Well, maybe not really after what you said, but I think I got to the uh, af- past the first three worlds and and kind of put it down. Meant to go back to it, but never did. The the last three worlds, not the very last world, but the other worlds you unlock after those first three are actually really cool and interesting. Although there is, I have to warn you, Billy. There's a whole water section where there oh. is some breath oh. running out and the music changes. You may want to skip that world. Uh, yeah, my, so. <laughs> my my heart rate has tripled. Uh, Since you've announced that. And it's still there. It's still it's still <laughs> got the same issues as any underwater Sonic. But I think there were actually a fair amount of water bubbles and things to find in this door. I, I didn't I didn't drown uh, other than when my own foolishness put me in a place I shouldn't have been. So maybe it's not as bad as the old Sonics. But, Billy, what have you been playing since last time? Well, what have I been playing? You know, the two or three people that want to know more about our personal lives are, are going to be pleased with this one. Because I... I, uh, I have recently started a, a workout routine. I, I've concluded here in my mid-30s, if I'm ever going to be in shape for the first time in my life, I, I probably have about another year or two to do it before it becomes impossible. So I'm trying that, and, and that's become what I've done after work. And, that, and after work is usually my video game playing time. So it's cutting considerably, uh, but the fortunate thing is I will probably only stick to this about another week before I give up. <laughs> I'll, I'll be back. But uh, in the meantime, I have squeezed in a little bit. I've, I'm still playing that Dragon's Age Inquisition, uh, highly enjoying it. I'm playing Overwatch again. Uh, season two of their competitive mode came around, uh, and they did indeed fix some of the things that were really bothering me the first time around. Uh, I finished up Fallout 4. 
Uh, as far as I know, uh, with nothing else coming out for it, then that's probably the, the conclusion. I'll be starting it again one day eventually. Uh, but really not a lot. No Man's Sky still has been one of my, you know, put it on a half hour before before bed games. Uh, but nothing, uh, nothing new really from the previous weeks. You ready for that Bioshock collection? Oh, I'm, I'm so I, I tried to I tried to get out there this week, and I'm trying to hold off because I know I'm going to run into that thing where I'm going to be itching to play it, and I'm going to have to spend the entire night installing it, and I'm going to be cursing. I'm going to be up like two hours later than I intended. Uh, so, <laughs> so I decided I'm just going to wait wait until the weekend. Well, it does sound like a lot of us didn't have too much time to play, but hopefully we all had time to play this week's game, Air Zonk for the TurboGrafx-16. a listener request it came from marty who is a a regular listener of retrovaniacs but this is also a game i would have put on the list it's one i did own uh and i had played previously but i believe neither of you had played this before the podcast correct nope i i always saw it kind of playing on the uh the turbo graphics demo station uh, and toys r us and it always looked amazing but i i never actually got to play it no, and I, I never played this one i never really saw anything from it uh outside of just you know in the magazines well, Airzonk is a shooter, but more importantly, did either of you guys play either of the Bonk's Adventure or Bonk's Revenge uh, for Turbo Graphics, or even when they put it out later on the, uh, I want to say Super Nintendo had a version as well? Now, I played the original Bonk uh, by many years after the fact. I did get to play it through. Uh, Bonk's Revenge, I have not. I'm, I'm the same way. The, the first time I actually played Bonk was on the Wii Virtual Console. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, my girlfriend at the time thought it looked cute, so I bought it, and uh, I, I played it. I, I ended up really enjoying it. I remember it as a kid. You know, that was uh, the Turbo Graphics uh, mascot, basically, since every console back then had to have a mascot. And Bonk was that mascot. So, I mean, it always looked cool uh, when I was a kid, but, of course, I didn't have a Turbo Graphics, and I wasn't crazy enough to own one. So... By the time I actually did play it, I kind of felt bad because, you know, it's it's really, really fun. Yeah, the Bonk games were, were definitely flagship titles for the system. Uh, they made the mistake that, you know, a lot of, I guess, early systems have where they, they didn't really have a mascot. I mean, my, Mario's been around for Nintendo pretty much since the start. Uh, Sega didn't really get Sonic until later. They definitely didn't have it in, in the Master System. And then uh, even when the Genesis released, it came with Altered Beast. Uh, they eventually had Sonic, and then he became the pack-in title pretty much from there on out. Uh, the, the Turbo Graphics came with, you know, Keith Courage that we reviewed, I don't know, 20 episodes ago. Uh, spoilers, not huge fans. Uh, but <laughs> but later on, they realized we need a good mascot. No one wants, you know, this was a weird anime tie-in for Keith Courage. So they created Bonk, who's a, uh, you know, a tiny, uh, giant-headed caveman who uses his head to hit enemies to hurt them. Uh, he can jump up in the air and spin down and smash his head into the ground. Uh, you know, that, so his name was Bonk. Uh, it's, a, it's a fairly short game. I think it's five levels, six levels. With windy levels in between, you know, one, four, two, four, three, four, 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 and that's world four. I think it's only five worlds. So, I, but it's one that anyone who's played a Turbo Graphics has probably played Bonk. Even if you played nothing else on the system, that's what you remember the Turbo Graphics for. So after Bonk and the sequel Bonk's Revenge, they they were going to build that brand out some more. So they released Air Zonk in 1992, in between Bonk's Revenge and Bonk Three, which was the game that had the giant Bonks and the tiny Bonks. Uh, <laughs> But, uh, but Airzonk is uh, not directly Bonk, I guess a, a distant relative, but looks very similar. The art style is incredibly similar. But instead of being a side-scrolling action game like Bonk's Adventure was, this is a straight shooter, uh, but with definitely some very cartoony elements and some great throwbacks to the Bonk series if you were a fan. But if you weren't, you still didn't miss out. I believe they called these uh, types of games cute-em-ups, I believe, if I, if I want to use the correct terminology. <laughs> That's probably right, because it is definitely, I, I mean, I'd say it's, it's that cute, super cartoony anime style, but not, not serious anime, but like, I don't know, I'm not a big anime guy, but, but the, the more kid-oriented anime, 
you know, big this eyes, like, big tears. Yeah. It looks like the most ninety early nineties Saturday morning cartoon show you could ever imagine. No tentacles in it that I saw. <laughs> there were no tentacles. It, it is definitely a kid's game. It's not. It's not an adult themed cute uh, up. It's definitely a kid's game. Um, here's here's a just a side note, and I know neither of you will care about this, but I was very excited when I remembered this. So when the Turbo Graphics came out in the United States for the first you know while and they still looked like they were going to succeed, every game came packed in a CD-sized plastic case that would hold the game itself, a manual, and like a sleeve to put the game in, because the TurboGrafx games are those little plastic cards. Well, by mm-hmm. the end of the system's time in the U.S., and I'm sure the company had changed hands to whatever, but it was still being labeled the TurboGrafx-16, uh, the games just came, when you bought a box in the store, you just got a loose game and a sleeve to put it in, and then a manual. There was no longer the case for it. So I had bought Airzonk, you know, it was towards the end of the system. It never had a case. And I got, I got probably four or five other games that were very similar. And for whatever reason, and I don't know if it's just because it didn't have a case and therefore it wasn't sitting on the shelf and drawing my attention. When I owned Airzonk, I think I played it all of eight times. I never got very far in it. I know I got through at least the third level. And then I never finished it. It was never a game that, that called to me that often. Other than the fact that it was supposed to look like Bonk and it was kind of an oddball shooter, it wasn't. It wasn't notable enough for me at the time to really focus on. So when this was recommended, I was actually excited because I could I could go back and try it again and say, okay, why didn't I think I liked this before? Was it just that it wasn't a good game, or was it that I just don't know what I'm talking about and had other things to play, or was it just you know at the time that just, that that I got the game that system was already kind of on its way out even on my shelf? I wasn't sure. So yeah, I just thought that was an interesting tidbit about how they packed the games in, uh, which no one else will care about. But I'm very glad I shared it. <laughs> They were like Turbo Graphics was the first system that actually did that whole like the the CD kind of packaging. It, it looked super cool and like futuristic at the time because it was like oh man, there's you know especially like when the 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 actual CDs came out, you're like oh my god, there's like a, a CDs in there that's awesome. Um, but yeah, it it's uh, I, I never really got to uh, to play this one at all. So I was when you guys mentioned it, I was pretty excited to to actually mm-hmm. sit down and and try out some air zonk for myself i i i was not excited at all <laughs> <laughs> um you know as soon as i i think i made the joke last episode that i sure hope our next game's not on turbo graphics because we want to continue our good game streak and, <laughs> and then to my horror did i learn uh that we were returning to the turbo graphics 16 which i have not had the 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 best opinion of a lot of the offerings on there. Uh, but I, but I did feel a, a little better when I learned this is in the, however loosely in the bonk universe. And I did go and I looked up some video of it and it looked like a lot of fun. And it reminded me uh, of one of my favorite uh, NES games, Stinger. Uh, Stinger is essentially the, the same thing. It's kind of a real bizarre, uh, just kind of wacky enemies. It's a, you know, side scroll, a side scrolling shooter, uh, so I went into this one with an open mind, and, and I remained remained hopeful. I, I figured I'll give the Turbo Graphics one more chance. It's very. Well, I had known that like Airzonk was was decent. Like I remember it actually getting decent reviews in magazines back when I was a kid. But the reason I never really wanted to play it, you know, very much or, or sought it out was just because it was shoot was a shooter, and mm-hmm. I'm not a big fan of shooters. Yeah, uh, never have been at, at all. Um, so I just, uh, you know, kind of put it in the back of my back of my mind and, uh, yeah, I was, I was definitely interested in trying it out for this, for this episode. Well, Airzonk is a shooter, so it follows most of the standard side-scrolling shooter mechanics. You go from one side of the screen, you know, the left side of the screen towards the right side of the screen through every level. Uh, there are, uh, pick-em-ups you'll find. They look like, almost like floating plants and you'll shoot the floating plants and they'll have, different power-ups for your ship. Now, it's not a graded power-up, so it's not like you have different levels of each type of gun, but you'll pick up, you know, the 
the it looks like a bone boomerang, I guess, and then all of a sudden your your bonk starts shooting or air zonk. I'm sorry, throws these boomerangs that are made of bone or whatever f- towards the screen. Uh, and then there's there's about a handful of other guns that are all you know. There's a spread shot style gun. There is a uh, like a laser. There's a a one of the options makes your character much smaller, but therefore easier to dodge bullets. And he shoots kind of like a not a homing shot, but a shot that will home directionally at enemies. Mm-hmm. Uh, it ends up making things much easier as long as you have a power up. Plus, those power ups are uh, essentially your life bar. You get hit one time if you're in your basic form and you lose a life. You'll come back in right where you died, thankfully, until you run out of lives, so you don't go back to a checkpoint or anything. But if you have a special weapon, you get hit once, you lose the special weapon, you get hit again, you die. So getting the special weapons is also important to make sure you can stay alive to you know because it's a shooter. There's going to be bullets and things flying at you. Um, what makes this different to me than most shooters was the companion system. Uh, each level, depending on if you decided to go with the game automatically picking a partner for you or if you could pick your partner at random or uh, on purpose, there are 10 characters that you can pick from that will join you in the levels. Uh, there are five levels in this game, and every time you use a companion, you can't use them again. So if you go to the first level and you take, uh, it looks like a kind of a flying cat companion, uh, you won't be able to use them again in levels two through five. You've used them in level one, and that's it. You also can't change your companion once you start. What makes the companions more interesting than just having something else on the screen that's shooting at enemies, which is what the companions essentially do at first, is that eventually, as you're killing enemies in the, in the levels, you get a bunch of smiley faces. After seven smiley faces, you get a giant smiley face. That giant smiley face, once you grab it, is how you earn your companion the first time. You do it again, get seven more smiley faces, get the giant smiley face. If your companion is still on the screen, because he apparently has some kind of invisible life bar, after so many hits and so much damage, your companion will vanish. Um, But if he doesn't vanish and you get that second giant smiley face, you merge with that companion and become invincible for 30 seconds and kind of become this weird amalgamation of yourself and that companion with attacks that generally will destroy everything around you. So once yeah, it, gotten... it, should, it should be said you're invincible for the remainder. Well, Not just that they're, I mean, yeah, the invincibility wears off, but you, uh, and we'll talk about it as we go along, uh, there are a lot of power-ups in this game, and that one, that, that final form, so to speak, is, is uh, a force to be reckoned with on any stage. It, it definitely makes the stage much easier if you can get to that point. And it, the early stages especially aren't necessarily hard. Like I said, there's, there's five stages, and the first three, I'd say, on your first playthrough, you should easily get to the boss of the third area without even trying. Without putting a whole lot of effort in, you don't need to get that super form. Just playing it like a basic shooter, the first two worlds fairly straightforward and then the third world's where it starts actually kind of throwing a few things at you and i'd say the the fourth world's really where the game kind of becomes a more difficult shooter um now jeremy you said you weren't very good at shooters um you know did you have any problems with the earlier levels in this or do you agree these were also fairly easy shooter levels uh, they were you know it was fairly easy i think that's one of the reasons why i like these style of like cute them up shooters uh is because usually they're they're a little bit easier than than the actual for realsies kind of shooters that are out there. Um, and I, I, I didn't really have too much of a problem with this one at all. Also, I'm, I'm still laughing at that description of the game that you just gave out because I know that that's what the game is because we've played it. <laughs> but if anyone else is actually listening to this and has no idea what Air Zonk is and they listen to that description, they would think we're on, like, crack or something <laughs> because that... It, it it just sounds absolutely insane. It sounds like you just described the most video game-assed video game that, that has ever existed. <laughs> oh, I think that's a pretty accurate description of this game. This is a very video game-assed video game. It, yes. it follows everything that you'd want in a, in a shooter. You know, it's it steals ideas from different games. I mean, the companion was the only thing I thought that was kind of unique and interesting about the mechanics of the game. But it's it graphically, it's it's because of the cartoon you look but also i think it's got very bright and crisp colors uh mm-hmm. i think it's and, and the and each level's enemies are themed to the level and very different i mean they're not different in that they shoot at you and you shoot them but i mean they're you know the the first level is kind of a uh, like a city fly, you know you're flying over the city so it's a lot of general shooter enemies kind of but when you go to the second level you're actually flying through the streets in the beginning so you're fighting um you know killer 
street lights and fire hydrants and things that you'd find in a city. And you, the third level is kind of a, a sports stadium. So everything you're, you're fighting there is, you know, kind of sports themed, including the bosses. So I like that each level had its own theme. It all fit together and looked like it was the same game. But each, each level was definitely different and unique, which was also something I liked uh, about Bonk. You know, those are fairly short levels in Bonk. Uh, the worlds are all very different. It's a very bright, colorful game. But uh, it's also a game that's not hard. The Bonk series, in general, not hard games. And I think this has almost the same difficulty level, but for shooters. So I, you know, I, <coughs> I do like how, how it does feel like a Bonk game, even though it's you know, a completely different style of game. Yeah, I yeah. mean, you, you can't mistake it. I mean, this is totally a Bonk game, and, or related to a Bonk game. But this is one of the better-looking Turbo Graphics oh, games yeah. uh, that's out there. I mean, this, this kind of came along at the end of the system's run. And uh, just so much great scrolling and, and use of colors, and all the characters are, are super distinct. You know, there's there's not much animation in it at all, but everything just is stands out so well. And I wish more Turbo Graphics games did this. I, I kind of went with this style of look because it looks so good on that system. Yeah, and I was that's something I was going to remark on is I think the previous. Uh, turbo graphics games we played that was one of my biggest letdowns I, none of the games i thought really looked uh that good and and you know growing up uh, i never had a turbo graphics rarely got to even play on one i thought that I, that's what i was missing out on i thought you know the graphics on this thing are, are far superior to anything i have here at home uh but you know that wasn't the case on some of the previous ones we played but this is just a lovely game uh, this is pretty much the height of, of 16-bit graphics I, it looks like a cartoon you know right off the screen uh yeah i mean i just i can't complain about the graphics on this this is what i was envisioned when i used to think about the turbo graphics 16 and what those games look like So, like I mentioned earlier, you know, each it, it's a pretty standard shooter. So there's five levels. They all have a mid boss, and a lot of the time, that same boss shows up again in a, in a more advanced form as the final boss for each stage. That's that's nothing groundbreaking. That's pretty much every shooter. Um, but I think at least the 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 weapons are different than than most shooters. Like I said, there's a spread shotgun, but instead of being just a spread bullets or something that looks like your regular gun that, that's got a wider area, instead it makes it so that your Airzonk character is throwing these playing cards. And he throws the playing cards in such a way that they fan out in front of him and they do a lot of, uh, you know, a much bigger spread area damage. Like I said, there's a laser where he kind of holds like, it looks like a laser pen in his mouth and shoots a laser in front of him that goes in exact width out from him. Uh, there was, a, I think, a series of boxing gloves or like robotic gloves that shoot out. I, I don't know. Did Billy, did you like a lot of the weapons in this? I did because, they, they, yeah, they were really different. And I think that's one thing. You know, I haven't played a lot of shooters like this, uh, you know, the side scrolling, just a little bit here and there. Uh, but, yeah, there definitely is uh, a lot of similar weapons uh, if you play enough of those. Uh, you know, there's a, there's a lack of variety. This game, yeah, it's excellent. I, I was very pleased. Uh, with how uh, it's just uh, it has it's uh, it has those standard you know it has your homing weapons it has some of the the heavier hitting weapons it has a spread yeah but it has its own unique kind of flair uh, its own personal touch on each one of those weapons and I really appreciated that and being able to charge every single the, each one of those mm -hmm. weapons basically has a, a separate use uh, if you hold down the button and charge it it completely changes the weapon and how it works. Uh, so, I mean, you've you've got a lot of different choices with with how you want to use all of these special special weapons, and they all feel great. I mean, none of them feel like they're a waste. You know, there's definitely uh, in a lot of these shooters where you you grab a power up that you just don't want because it's just not great. You know, and you you just feel like, oh god, I, I shouldn't have done that. But every single one of these special weapons I picked up, you know, it, it was fun to use. The, the game really does a great job of making those. Uh, those weapons just fun to to play with. Were there? I mean, yeah, you said there's none you didn't want, and I, I would agree with that. There's nothing that I picked it up and I was like, "Oh, this has ruined my game." But I definitely had some go tos, and for me, it was definitely those playing cards. I, I in in any game where I have a spread shot, I know I can't shoot behind me. It doesn't home. It doesn't do. Uh, some of the other things the other weapons do, but the fact that I can stand kind of at a certain point of the screen and anything 
in front of me is going to be wiped out horribly. Mm-hmm. That, that's the, my favorite way to play any shooter. I guess that's the easy button, but I don't care. I'm using that easy button. No, I think those the cards are definitely, you know, those are the ones to kind of go with. Uh, if I couldn't get a hold of those, you know, I definitely wanted the, the homing missiles um, because just charging that up to it, its, you know, second form would, would clear out an entire screen, and it doesn't take long to charge this stuff up. Uh, so th- those two were definitely, anyone that plays it, I mean, that, they basically break the game. And the other, like I said, the companions were made this game different than a lot of other shooters. Did either of you actually go and, and switch to manual mode where you switch, pick which companion you want for each level? No, I just kind of stuck with, with, the, with how it went through with each stage and giving you what it wants. I, I actually didn't go with manual. No, I didn't either. I just, you know, I figured my first time playing through, I would just play the cards I was dealt. I, I think a lot of the companions, if you play through as automatic where it just gives you a companion, I think that they don't give you some of the more... Uh, I don't want to say interesting because I did not enjoy them, but but some of the non-standard companions. A lot of them, uh, you know, one of the good examples is there was a look a, a giant missile basically that's one of the companions, and of course when you uh, power up into the merged form, you kind of become a rocket ship that shoots these missiles or not missiles, but like a wave beam out of the side of your mm-hmm. ship that destroys the screen. I mean that's that's a great combination, and uh, you know when you get the there, there's a guy that looks like a a giant clear balloon filled with colored balls, but it's dressed like a magician. And that's the worst description ever given, but if you looked at it, that's exactly what it looks like. A cartoon magician made out of a balloon. Uh, when you merge with him, basically you are inside the balloon and you're shooting those colored balls all over the screen as little homing balls. I don't think he was in the game when I played through his automatic, but when I did his manual, I played as him and I was like, oh, this is really cool. So then I played and I picked all the different characters. There's definitely some of those companions that make the game much harder than it needs to be, or makes it where you actually don't want to form and merge with them. You'd rather just have yeah. them be the companion. Uh, one of them is that there's a little girl that looks like a, a witch of some sort, and when you merge with her, I don't know what this weapon does. It didn't seem to hurt anybody, but it, it would set runes around my character that would light up, and then I would get hit with milk bullets and die. I don't know what else it was supposed to do. Oh. It didn't do any damage to anything around me as far as I could see. Uh, but every time I, you know, I tried a couple times, and every time I merged with her, it was like, well, I'm not hurting anybody. I'm just dying. So there's something I'm missing. And um, much like most TurboGrafx games, the manual that came with this game was not descriptive in any way, shape, or form over really how the game plays. It, it told you what the buttons do, and it gave you some very basics, but it, it's a shooter. So what, what kind of instruction do you need? Shoot everything that moves and figure the rest oh. out. Uh, so it didn't really explain the difference between these characters, just that they existed and they would help you. Yeah, I had a, there was one uh, buddy on there that I thought was, was pretty worthless, and I got him early on. He was, he was essentially a, uh, almost like a part of a vehicle. Uh, you had a big green front with sunglasses and, and then mm-hmm. a big wheel. And yeah. when you merge with him, you get a flamethrower, which which normally is, you know, that's that's a that's a good thing to have around. But the only trouble I had with that was it had excellent range. If you were still, uh, if you moved forward at all, you kind of caught up with it. So uh, you go from shooting, you know, almost three fourths of the way across the screen to just, you know, a few like about a foot in front of you. Uh, and I took a lot of I took more damage once I merged than I did beforehand just because of that. You kind of have to just stay still. If you try to move around, uh, your weapon, that that flamethrower is, is useless. I, I, the one that kind of got me was was the fish guy. Uh, mm. Once you merge with him, you know, some of these like you merge with them and you've got this basically you, you just destroy the whole screen in one shot. I mean, some of them are so super powerful that you're almost invincible. Uh, and then other ones, you know, you merge with them, you're ready to, you're like, holy shit, what's this guy going to do? He's a, a fish. He's like a superhero fish guy. What could I possibly do when you merge with him and you just shoot forward? You shoot fish forward and then and you also shoot <laughs> fish down. Mm-hmm. Like they, they just go forward and then they go down. I mean, that's that's literally it. And you're just, well, that's fucked. I mean, I would have been better off with the my missile launcher or literally anything else in this game. And I, I guess that's one of the things you just kind of have to play through and, and know and that would actually be good for manual mode because you could actually know which ones are best, which ones uh, suit the the level best, and and so on. That you know that would make the game much easier. But you know, for me, just playing, I didn't know what these. You're know, playing this for the first time. I didn't know what these these guys were. So some of them, I was just like, "Holy shit, this is amazing!" And then you'd get something like Fish Guy or Green Truck, and just like it was <laughs> completely underwhelming. 
underwhelming but still interesting and a nice touch. And and the good news is after that invincibility period wears off, which is about 20 to 30 seconds, uh, if you do get hit while you are combined with your companion, you will go back to uh, bonk with whatever the last set of weapons you had was. So if you turned into your companion and you had the cards, well, your companion's gone after you get hit, but you're still bonk with all the cards. So you're not coming back. Uh, you know, you don't die immediately. You don't come back with no good weapon or the basic weapon. You, you've got whatever you had beforehand. So there's a good chance, even once your companion gets hit and goes away, you're still going to be ready to, to plow through most of the level, uh, assuming mm. you didn't just get them early or, or die right before you got the giant smiley face. Uh, which, again, that... That description is probably confusing many people. So... The bosses generally oh. are huge. Uh, they're all fairly interesting and very different uh, from standard shooter bosses. I don't know if you guys ever played Fantasy Zone, but a lot of these bosses kind of remind me of how goofy the Fantasy Zone bosses would be. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first level boss is... Is that the ship? The giant like pirate yeah. ship? Uh, <laughs> again, that's one of those levels where you fight the, the ship as the mid-boss, and then you'll fight a stronger version of the ship later as the end. Uh, just a giant cartoony ship. Nothing too crazy there, I don't think, and uh, or noteworthy about that boss, except that it's a big, cartoony, uh, beautiful to look at, uh, but otherwise fairly unimpressive boss. It, it seems like a lot of these bosses are just kind of bullet sponges. I, you know, they kind of just shoot out in random directions, and and uh, you know, you do your best to, to dodge them. I, I guess I'm just kind of you know, <laughs> talking about every fucking shooter boss in history, but there's something about these where they just they kind of don't move and they don't really do anything uh, special. They just kind of seem like they're a, a big sprite, non-animated sprite that's hanging out on the screen, and it, it kind of just <laughs> looks like you're shooting at like clip art, you know, something that you would find on, online or something like back in the early 2000s. But it, 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 they've all got this weird look to them, and and you're just kind of shooting at them forever or just for a few seconds, depending on what gun you got. Um, they I actually are, are the worst part of this game for me. I did not like any of the bosses. I, I would just rather play the stages themselves uh, and and maybe have one boss at the end because you have to fight two bosses per stage. Um, I, ju- I just kind of got tired of fighting them. Yeah, this uh, and, and I the sentiment is similar. It's kind of like a reverse God, that, that pile of shit kendo rage we played not too long ago uh where the stages were awful but the you know the bosses were a lot of fun i found you know most of the fun on here is rolling through those stages sometimes you know steam rolling through the stages and you get to the bosses and and, and they look good uh, i mean if you if you're looking at a still picture uh, it, it's very impressive but yeah there's there's a bizarre lack of animation to those bosses and they kind of just bob up and down usually the the pattern's very predictable uh, for all of them, that they look impressive though uh, until until they're set to motion. So yeah, that was a little bit of a letdown, and the bosses overall are pretty simple. Like I said, the patterns are easy to identify, uh, and if you roll in in the final form, uh, most of the final forms, uh, you'll get through it pretty quick. Yeah. Well, I think it's like a lot of shooters. If you do manage to get hit. Uh, and you lose your powers, that's when those bosses become a lot harder. Not the first boss mm-hmm. necessarily, but the other ones. Uh, if you don't have some kind of power-up or your companion or even you know your, your super form at that point, you're, you might have some difficulty with them uh, just because they do take a while to kill, and, uh, and they do throw some weapons at you. So the first boss of that ship, the second level, is uh, like a building that snakes pop out of. The third boss is the sports-themed one, so he kind of looks like a... At first, he looks like a... Sp- sports playing bird and then he kind of looks like a giant football with snakes on the side these are very bad descriptions but they're <laughs> accurate if you see them uh, no the- you can't you can't describe the any almost any of the enemies <laughs> in this game you just don't know what the hell half of what you're shooting at is like it's insane like there's one stage where you're shooting at cubes with pictures on them and yeah, a fucking and mechanical triceratops and, and and don't forget there's one that literally is he looks like a pile of garbage it's a pile of gar- garbage yeah, it, I thought it was supposed to be Pizza the Hut from Spaceballs. I wasn't quite sure who that was, but then I realized it's supposed to be like a trash heap. 
uh, that <laughs> that comes in. That's the same level with the the building with the snakes that pop out. Uh, the fourth level is underwater, <laughs> uh, which is the first time I actually had a problem with the game. It doesn't make it plenty <laughs> different, but there were a lot of things just flying at you throughout that level. Uh, that boss is some kind of glowy flower uh, that that I think was not necessarily difficult, but again, it was it, if you don't have a power up the boss actually moves to spots of the screen you can't hit with your basic weapon. So there's a lot of dodging, and it takes a long time if you don't have a power-up. Uh, the level 5 boss has actually... It, it's kind of a group of three people. It's got Cruel, who's the dinosaur boss that's actually the same end boss as the Bonk series. I guess that's how it ties all together. Uh, and he has a, a friend that has, like, a fin for a head, and then he's got a guy... <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's supposed to look like he has a big bulging brain, but it just kind of looks like testicle head. <laughs> uh, the description of this, it's the first time in the history of this podcast, that just listening to the description of this game, I just think, what are we doing here? What? <laughs> <laughs> it, this is one that if, if anybody that I actually knew, like family or something, listened to it, I would probably be like almost just like, oh, no. <laughs> you can skip the Airzonk episode. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, it, it, testicle head's a pretty accurate description of that guy, right? Yeah, I mean that's what he looks like. He just—he looks like a testicle head with some antenna sticking out. Yeah, it, it's clear. And and what makes it worse for testicle head is not just that he has what looks to be two round balls for a head, but they're supposed to be kind of a big veiny head. But instead, it just looks like ball hair. So he really does yeah. look like testicle head. It's a very unfortunate look. Uh, since the rest of the game looks so cartoony and 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 together, even the rest of those. The, of the three people of that boss fight uh, don't look bad, but Testicle Head is probably something I'm going to put all over our Twitter feed because it, <laughs> it has to be seen to be believed. Uh, but level five, the last level is... I don't want to say the other levels weren't good because I think they were fine. They were good shooter levels. Level five is great. The last yeah. level is... It's kind of long. It's the one where it has those... It, it, once you get into the... Like, there's an intro where you fly to the base, essentially, in level 5, and you fight some guys. And then when you get to the base, there's a throwback level to Bonk. There, it's, but it's clearly done where it looks like they drew, you know, someone has a bunch of panels that they drew on to look like a Bonk level, uh, which I thought was awesome. I thought that was actually almost like a, a reward. It's like, hey, if you play through the rest of this game, here's what you get. This cool Bonk throwback level that then at the end all the, the pieces kind of go away and that's what those cubes are is supposed to, I guess, be parts of this virtual reality machine yeah, that's supposed to yeah. look like Bonk. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was a neat touch to it. I thought that was actually a level I'd never played before because I never got through the underwater level uh, when I owned it. But I, I mean, great level. And I wonder how many people actually got to that. I did. Um, but then I got to the uh, inevitable boss rush immediately oh. uh, after and that's that's about when I just kind of tapped out because, <laughs> I mean, we've talked about boss rushes on this show before, and I felt like I I did my part with the Kendo Rage boss rush and made it through, and and this one, I I tried it three three or four times, and I, I just didn't have it in me. I just just didn't have the life force to to get through another boss rush. Yeah, and I uh, that that bonk throwback, I I was thrilled with that. I was very excited, you know, and I had played the original bonk, you know, a, a while back. And I still, it was instantly recognizable. Um, but yeah, I was very pleased with that. Not so pleased when the rush began, not too long after. I, I just hate those in every game. And, and, and the worst part was the weapon I had at the time, it was, a, it was a, a missile or like a bomb, but you can only drop it down. Uh, so I, I had a lot of trouble kind of, kind of, maneuvering the weapon i had at the time and it really the boss fights this time uh were were longer than they were the first time through when i had the uh i had the companion that the the stage kind of recommended for you you know what what actually just really sucks about that boss rush is just how awesome that whole stage is especially right before you get to that boss rush where you're fighting testicle head Mm-hmm. I mean, it's this super fast uh, level. You know, there's shit just going down everywhere. It's it's such a fun fight. Uh, you know, you're dodging bullets everywhere, and, and it really gets your adrenaline up, and it, it's so much fun. And then it just grinds to a halt with that boss rush. And I was it just took the air out of the room as soon as that very first ship boss scrolled up on screen. Yeah, thankfully it's a short enough game. There's only five levels, so the boss rush is is those four bosses, and then you do fight Testicle Head, 
and and Finhead at the same time, which I thought was also a good fight. But you have to get through the other four bosses to get there. And then you fight uh, King Cruel, who I thought. Now you didn't get this far, Jeremy, but Billy, I thought this was the only boss of the game that I uh, honestly I wasn't sure if I was going to finish because I thought it was a bad mechanic. When you're fighting the last boss, there are these blue. I don't even know what they're supposed to be, but they basically look like blue homing stars that come in and hit your character. And when yes. they hit your character, you can't shoot. Yeah. So uh, I don't know what I was, if there was a way to get rid of them that I wasn't following, but it, shooting them wasn't working. No, I'm not aware of anything either. And it just seems like, and I got, yeah, I was getting very frustrated because it seems like a hit uh, that you have to take. I, I don't know any way, any way around it. And yeah, this boss fight, uh, you know, this game, I feel like, Boss fight wise, took it easy on you the whole time. Uh, this last one, yeah, it, it's it's frustrating. It's difficult for the wrong reasons. I think there are a lot of cheap uh, mechanics in there. That being, you know, the the biggest one. Yeah, the the rest of it was cheap attacks, but they they were dodgeable. I didn't have too mm-hmm. many other problems, but the the fact that essentially for three fourths of the fight you couldn't shoot and hit the boss, you couldn't do yeah. anything. You were just you were trying to fire, and nothing would happen until eventually you dodge enough things where those those stars fade for a minute you can shoot a few more but while that's happening more stars are shooting at you that are sucking mm-hmm. up your ability to shoot I, I i mean that was the closest i came to quitting this time i did finish it uh which is good that's that's a first for a couple episodes but uh but i came real close to saying you know what i got to the last boss this is good enough for me but i did finish it I, <laughs> thankfully so overall now that we've played i think this is our fourth triple graphics game if you include uh, splatterhouse in that description is this a good turbo graphics game? I definitely. I, I think so. I mean, this is a great shooter. Uh, this would you know be a high watermark for the turbo graphics on it on its own. Um, and knowing that we've got some bonk games out there to eventually play uh, makes me feel better about the turbo graphics. But this is definitely a game that I would still recommend to anyone that's that's a fan of shooters or or cute 'em ups in general. Yeah, and uh, this so far, is it a good TurboGrafx game? It's the best one I've played uh, so far uh, for this podcast. Uh, you know, when, when Bach inevitably comes back around, we'll see then. Uh, and we'll see what other surprises are out there. Yeah, but so far, this is just a, it's a very solid game. And I don't even think, you know, because I'm not the biggest, you know, shooter fan out there. And I still enjoyed it. Uh, I think if you are a fan of, of Bach at all, you'll enjoy it. Uh, yeah, I think this is a game that's well worth giving a shot. So this is one of those games. If I went over to my friend's house and they were, they had it and I played it, I would be super jealous that mm-hmm. it, that it wasn't on the Super Nintendo Genesis. Yeah, it, this is pretty much yeah. This type of game is what I what I sat around and pouted about all the time because I knew I was missing out on. It. Well, it took a listener request, but finally we've played a Turbo Graphics game that all three of us enjoy, not just me. And so thank you, Marty, for giving us a game on a system that I love that I apparently like all the wrong games. So next episode, as we teased last week, is going to be one of my all-time favorites. Somehow, both Jeremy and Billy have not played Kid Icarus up to this point for the Nintendo. So we're going to do Kid Icarus for the Nintendo Entertainment System, a guaranteed classic and i mean it when i say it this time of a game uh that i i would be amazed if either of you don't like it it's, it's going to be interesting i mean how many times do you get the chance to to play a, a I, I know kid icarus is a classic um but i'd never played it and and to just uh, that would be like being uh saying like well i've never played zelda and to be able to play zelda for the first time in 2016 so this is one of those rare games i'm actually looking forward to because I feel like I actually did miss out on something that everyone loves and just never played it. And I, I feel the exact same. And, you know, looking back, I have no clue why I never did play this. Uh, I mean, it certainly was there to rent. Uh, it was there to buy. I, I, I had friends that played this. Uh, and it wasn't that I was against it in any way. I just I don't know why I never got around to it. So I am looking forward to it. It's one of the... Uh, few nintendo games that's that's considered that is indeed considered a classic that i never got around to yes next episode's 29 years in the making hope everyone's very excited <laughs> about it but uh do we have a listener question for this episode we do have a listener que- question uh from loyal listener ron and he said he asks the following 
Now, we've all had the same problem at least once. We've lost our progress in a game. Whether it's because of a power outage or a battery running out or just forgetting to save, all those hours of gameplay go to waste. What is the most frustrating loss of progress you've had in a game, and how did it happen? Well, we talked about this a little bit with uh, Guardian Legend, I think, where we complained about you know old Nintendo passwords that you just miswrote somehow and, and lost progress. That definitely happened a number of times. Uh, but nothing that I think was, was tragic, truly tragic. I guess the most time I lost on a game was actually recent. I had upgraded my computer, my uh, not upgraded, but I actually bought a whole new computer right after I bought Skyrim. So I had put about 50 hours into Skyrim, and I, I guess I just never put my saves on Steam. So then when I re-downloaded everything, I didn't have any of my saves. And I thought, oh, I just lost 50 hours of time. But <laughs> thankfully, I learned enough in my first playthrough that I probably got back to where I was in 50 hours in about 12. So I don't consider that a major loss, but at <laughs> least the most recent one I could think of. But what I did have happen this past weekend is I came home from my, my out-of-town trip, and I, I went in the living room where my, my Wii U is set up, and there were games just sitting out on the counter. I normally don't do that because I have a two-year-old and a four-year-old. I know better than to leave my things out where they're by hands. And the Mario Kart case was open, and I opened it up, and someone had broken the disc entirely in half. So I didn't lose any progress because it's Mario Kart, but essentially I lost 60 bucks. (laughs) Oh, that's the worst. I I, I bet no one claimed responsibility for that one. No one has said a word. No one. (laughs) Man, that's rough. Oh, I'm sorry. I'd say mine. Uh, mine's a clear. It's clear. Um, I was not big on RPGs. I'd only played a couple. But I got caught up in the Final Fantasy VII hype when it rolled into town. And I spent just countless, countless hours. I, I had my parents on different occasions call me into school sick. Uh, I, I you know, spent entire weekends playing this game. I, you know, I did all the, the breeding, uh, all the, you know, the side quests, you know, all the little gambling side games on there. And I, I leveled everybody up, you know, high. I found everybody's limit breaks. I, I, I dumped a lot of time into this thing. And heading into the last battle, you're in kind of a, a cavern, you know, kind of a cave system. And you're given an item called a tent. And the tent you're able to use anywhere, you know, along that cavern area. Uh, to create a save point. And I created just a, a perfect, perfect save point right before the boss fight. You know, there's no altercations after the save to the boss. Uh, just, and I, you know, I fought the boss that night, uh, the Sephiroth, and I, you know, I was defeated, and it was already late. And I said, well, you know, I've got this save. I'm going to go to school. I'm going to come back home, and I'm going to finish it up. And I was using, at the time, my... my you know, Sony brand PlayStation memory card was full up. So I had, uh, I had went out and I had purchased another one. Only the only one I could find was, was not an official brand. I, I can't recall who made this one. But this is one of those that touted that it had like 10 times the storage. Mm, yeah. Yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> made a uh, mistake. <laughs> and it had, you know, two little buttons. You set it to A1, A2, and so on, you know, and it goes up to like D, and each one is supposed to have, you know, the amount of memory of one card. And, yeah, it's what it was, and at the time, you know, what did I know about memory cards? I mean, this is my first real dealing with them. Uh, And I I got home from school, I sat down, I turned it on, and there was no option to load anything. You know, I could start (laughs) a new, I could start a new game. It it probably took a few, it was probably just a few seconds before I was sweating. (laughs) <laughs> I was I was sitting there, and you know, and I got down and I you know I restarted it, and I went you know and I, I got down on the memory card and I hit the different I couldn't remember where it was saved I thought it was a one, I cycled through each one of those just hoping, hoping, and it turned out that it was lost. Uh, and we're talking, I had seventy eighty plus hours spent on this game. <sighs> And, and to be that close, and wasn't, and you know, if it was nowadays, I just would have got on YouTube and looked up <laughs> the ending, and I would have been quite content. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I put off Final Fantasy VII. I put it away for about a year and did not return to it for quite a while. And then, you know, ended up playing through, uh, dumped about the same amount of time into it again. 
it was just a just a dramatic incident. I totally forgot about the off-brand PlayStation memory cards. That would you have know, been you, a nightmare. You know, the PS One's the only one that could get away with it because by the time the PS Two came around, everybody was wise to it. Yeah, you didn't. If, if you ever saw any of those that had like two X, three X, and and this went on throughout like the Dreamcast days with those high high memory uh, VMUs that they used to have or mm. whatever. You know, those were just as faulty. Like, uh, I don't. I don't know of anyone that had one of those that it didn't go bad on him. So those. Yeah. I stayed away from those things. Yeah, I learned my lesson after that. But I mean, you know, at the time, uh, I thought I was getting a deal. If you don't, if you didn't know any better, which none of us really did, unless you just had a friend that was like, "Oh man, this thing just crapped out on me for no reason." You, you just didn't know. I, I, I guess I've got a couple. Um, one was uh, every. Every year for spring break, we would go down to Kentucky. And for the longest time, I didn't have a Nintendo, but my cousin down in Kentucky did. And he had gotten Super Mario Brothers 3. So we spent a good entire day playing through that game. And we got all the way to the last world with, you know, the crazy skyboats or skyships, whatever the hell they are. And um, was just going through that. And for some reason, uh, his aunt needed to go to Walmart. So we were like, all right. And we made the fatal mistake that just about every single kid back then made. And we left the Nintendo on uh, and was just <laughs> like, we'll finish it when we get back. And so we got back and we the, the Nintendo was off. And we, the amount of progress that we had lost was probably two or three worlds. Um, it, it just, I was just crestfallen you know I, it was so exciting to get to that that point and be like oh man we're gonna do this you know and it's just not there anymore so mm-hmm. that sucked but probably the the biggest one for me was um when i was a kid playing the original legend of zelda and i had gotten all the way up to the last dungeon and i did basically what billy did i went to school and i was going to come back home and finish the game and i got home and there was no save file there on the cartridge anymore. You know, you've got two or three different ones you can pick from. There was a save file there, but it was uh, the very beginning of the game. And it turned out that my um, very young cousin at the time had been there earlier in the day, and he decided that he wanted to play Zelda. And obviously he didn't know any better. He didn't know what he was doing. So he started a brand new game and saved over my entire save file with uh, just, just starting out brand new. And I'm going to blame him as the reason I have never beat a Zelda game in my entire life. Because that's ex- that's when it started. I was just like, I, I'm not going to play this anymore. I'm never going to play this. <laughs> I'm never going to get that far again. Don't even know how the hell I even got that far in the first place with some of the shit that I had to do in that game. And it just, it just wasn't worth it. It, it, it bummed me out, I think, for like a good week. You know, to spend that much time on something and just have it tossed right out the window, it, it really, really sucks, especially when you're a kid. That's the beginning of Jeremy's Zelda curse. Yeah, <laughs> It really has. I, someday, someday I'm going to beat a damn Zelda game and finally do away with this, but I think that's where it started right there. So if you have a question for us, please send us to us. Uh, we're on Facebook, on Twitter. You can cut out all the middlemen and just go to Retrovania.net where there are links to all those things. Um, please check us out there. We have lots of videos we put up. Uh, you know, we put these feeds up for the podcast as well. Um, and again, on Facebook and Twitter, lots of different information. If you want to see a picture of Testicle Head, it will definitely be on Twitter <laughs> when this posts. So until next time, when we get into Kid Icarus for the Nintendo, a guaranteed hit. Check us out on <laughs> RetroRadio.net, and we'll see you next time.